If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. The guest has arrived. The host is prepped and ready. Ladies and gentlemen, this is One on One with Bill Alexander. Hi, everyone, and welcome to One on One with Bill Alexander with yours truly, Bill Alexander. Glad to have you join us today. On the other end of the computer, the screen, whatever you want to call it, we have a an actress. We have a actress who is early in her career. She's getting started. She's excited. She is enjoying it. But she's also a school teacher to pay the bills, which I think is funny. Her name is Ashley Lawson. Ashley, how are you doing today? I am fabulous, actually. <laughs> um, today has been a good day, which in the chaos of this week, I don't know about you. I know we were speaking before about you also being a teacher, but it um, we are doing end of course retake testing next week. So uh, it's beginning to be the end of the semester for us. So it's just like a constant flood of emails of kids asking what they're missing, asking what they can right? do to bring their grade up, especially because we have to have exemptions turned in by Monday and they want to get that 80 so they don't have to take their English final. And um, so today, knock on wood, because I technically still have two hours that I have to be available to my students. But um, knock on wood, today it has kind of slowed down. But I'm giving a lot of that credit to the fact that when I had them in class earlier this morning, we just had a work day. So I was able to answer a lot of their questions and bulk all at one time and help them on things that they needed help on while they had me in class with them and get a lot of assignments turned in. And that was beautiful. <laughs> so that, that's interesting that you said you're at home right now. I am at home right now. I teach online. Um, I am through a virtual school. So okay. it, it's really nice because this particular school has been around since before COVID. So it's not really a COVID thing. I wasn't even teaching during COVID. Um, but then since that happened, and it took a lot of work away from and for any kind of artist, regardless of whether you're an actor, musician, right. whatever kind of artistry you're doing. Um, and so I really just kind of found myself in a place where I wasn't feeling like I had much purpose. And I just knew that if I was teaching, I would at least be helping somebody. So okay. Okay. Um, that's kind of where my standpoint came. And I didn't want to go back to brick and mortar because like we were talking about, I have an 18 month old and I didn't want to leave her all of the time. So I happened to find this virtual school and I teach for a couple of hours in the morning and then the rest of my day is pretty flexible. So as long as I'm being available to other teachers on my team, as long as I'm available to my students and that I'm getting my uh, admin to-do list done every week. I'm not having people breathing down my neck. So I um, really was drawn to it for the flexibility of it with the baby and with acting and and all of the other chaos that goes along with life. That That's really interesting because I am in a brick and mortar building and uh, we were, we were there and we're getting ready for the same thing you are next week too. So very similar. Now you're also an actress. What is, I mean, actress is where you want to be. You don't want to be a school teacher the rest of your life. Correct. Correct. <laughs> and when did you start acting? 
I have been acting since I was in middle school. I started out in the theater um, because at that time there wasn't there wasn't everything accessible like we have today. Everything wasn't so digital. There was no such thing as self tapes. So everything was an in-person audition. And I was living in Memphis, Tennessee, which is and that's where I'm from. And that's not really a big hub for filming. Right. Um, you know, it's got a few things that film there here and there, but not something that's that's a consistent market and um so i got started in the theater and then when i went to college i was originally a broadcast journalism major but then realized how much i just absolutely despise computers and there were a lot of those classes involved and i was like no i want to be on tv and i want to do the news but i i don't want it bad enough to sit through this torture right. like that's gotcha. what computers are for me they're pure they're pure torture gotcha. and in fact i really um admire anybody that sits there and voluntarily works with them all day <laughs> but anyway um so i changed my major to english education and graduated with that and then i just kind of hit a point with teaching where uh, nothing wrong with the students nothing wrong with the admin of my brick and mortar school that i was working at but i I had a real issue with a lot of the ways and a lot of the policies that the district itself had in place. And so I stopped because I was like, this is me doing this is not worth sacrificing what I was giving up of myself, not to mention that it went along, it, it went completely against everything I believed in ethically to be a teacher. And um, so I did nothing for a year and I just really took the time to think about what was the last thing that I did that made me happy and it was acting. So I got back into it. And even when I was young, I knew that I wanted to do film and TV. And so when I got back into it, Dallas has a pretty big indie film market, if nothing else. There's a lot of things that even film in Austin, which is about three hours away from me. Houston gets a lot of stuff and even Dallas now has a lot of union work as well um but i there was definitely more of a place to be for film and television than there was in tennessee where i grew up so i've been doing that for about five years wow so yeah. you are i mean you are pretty busy then so yes. with 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 acting when did you feel i mean i know you just said that you you sat down you thought about it it's you took a year off and doing it but what about acting do you like? What about acting is your passion? Um, there's several answers to this question, but I guess the, the easiest way to explain it and to kind of put it in big picture is, is to take you back. <laughs> so when I was- Are we doing a flashback I, here? <laughs> kind of. So what we um, do with this? <laughs> <laughs> I, my dad took, my whole immediate family to see Peter Pan at the Orpheum Theater in downtown Memphis mm -hmm. when I was in like mid to late elementary school. Okay. And that performance for me was very magical, not only because you're sitting there watching Peter Pan and watching somebody fly across the stage, but also because that, and maybe it was just the age I was at where it really kind of hit me that these are real people up there. These are real people doing these things, performing, singing, making me not be concerned about anything happening outside of this theater, just making me feel true joy and experience actual magic. For me at that age, it was actual magic. And um, I just, it kind of hit me at that point, like, I want to be one of these people that makes other people feel this way. I want to be somebody that makes people feel emotions and have thoughts that take them away from the mundane of their life or whatever negative experience they're going through in the moment or maybe even play a character that somebody needs to see right at the exact time for, for a situation that they're going through similar to the character as well so there was a lot of passion behind just the experience itself but as i've been doing this there's a lot of passion just for the work and in by work i mean just acting being in just being present being on set getting to meet people getting to talk to people getting to do things like this i was never ever in my whole life i was a huge introvert and it's just been in the last few years that i've been 
more extroverted because I don't want to say I was forced to be, but I've kind of had to learn how to be. And now that I'm learning it, it's just like, I feel almost like I, I, I've never met a stranger before. Like if you want to sit down and chat, let's just sit down and chat. <laughs> okay. Um, I find that interesting. And, and the reason is, and I'll, I'll get to where I'm going here is that when I started school, I, I mean, I'm in my mid fifties right now, you are in your late twenties. Oh, thank you. Early thirties. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, you don't look it. Let me just tell thank you that. You. Um, thank you. Which okay, so that had to be, be be a scary thing to do. You started as a school teacher. You give it up, and now you're making a complete career change from something that is stable to something that's not really stable. Yeah. Yeah, for me, um, I do a lot of courses, work for like uh, metaphysics, manifestation, and spiritual practices. And all of that kind of centers around not doing things because you feel like you have to do them, but doing them because you feel called to. And at one point I did feel called to be a teacher. And I don't even, I won't even sit here and tell you that, that I 100% don't feel called to do that anymore. But what takes me away from it and what makes me feel less called to continue um, being a teacher or have this career shift is that um, like we were just talking about, my passion is with acting, but I don't find it necessary to keep myself in a constant state of stress and anxiety because of the way somebody else is telling me how I have to do things. But doesn't that happen when you're dealing with a director? Not for me, not really. Okay. And maybe it's just a mindset thing because for okay. me, if a director is doing that, it's because you have to trust their vision and you have to trust that they are experts in their field, just like the director is trusting me that I'm right. an expert in my field. And it's that we are working together as a collective to put together the best piece of art that we can. And so it's just that trust with each other, knowing that they are seeing the bigger picture that I can't necessarily see right now and just going with it. That's interesting. The, and where I was going with my question is to give you a little background on myself. When I went to school, we didn't have computers. This was a long time ago. So I went into the broadcast media. It wasn't as difficult as it is, is when you went to it. However, my son is a theater major at the university he's going to right now and graduates this spring and will be going to New York City because he wants to do stage performance yeah good and for him so i understand the stress and all that stuff that goes in to try to get a part and all that other stuff so i i get it and i appreciate it since he is doing it what you guys go through to get a job which is not the easiest thing in the world to do because you always think that you're going to be the best one for it but how do you convince someone else you're the best when there's six other people trying out for the same position or the same spot yeah. Um, so it's a few things. Um, for me, I've learned through a lot of my acting classes is that the casting directors are looking for somebody that stands out, um, right. whether that be your overall appearance that stands out in comparison to somebody else, or whether it's your performance. Like if you're doing a self-tape or an in-person audition, what kind of risk are you going to take as the actor that's going to be different from the person that came before you and the person that comes in after you or anybody else that they see in a day so that when the casting director's day is ended and they've seen all of the auditions that they're going to see, that they're still thinking about you. Um, so there's times and there are certain characters that you'll get or um, sides that you'll get that you're not entirely sure what the entire scope or dynamic of your character is, where it is a good idea to kind of play it safe and do whatever your, your, your first gut instinct is. But I've learned that rather than memorize the lines and then just do my immediate reaction with it is to play with it and have okay. fun. Because when I do that, my very often my initial reaction to how I would play the character is not what I actually end up doing. Because once I play with it, it's almost like there's this click that happens in my head that's like, this is it. This is this character. This is the way you need to do it. 
So I, I, I'm going through your, your uh, bio here and I went through your resume and it says you've been doing, you've done a couple of things for streaming services because of the streaming service we have now, do you have more opportunities out there to act? Absolutely. Yes. Um, I have one project that I filmed a trailer for that is currently out now being pitched to streaming services as well as networks in an effort to get picked up. But I think 100% streaming services have opened up a lot of doors, especially because um, at least with things like Amazon Prime, you can create something, put it on the film festival circuit. And if nobody picks it up, you still have the project there. You can put it on Amazon Prime and it's still out there for, for everybody to be able to see if they pay for it. And then you've got things like Hulu and Netflix that will post things to our acting websites that we have access to, that our agents have access to so that they can submit us. Whereas how it used to be, um, you know, and a lot of projects will still have big name stars that they would like to be a part of it, but there's more opportunity to get your foot in the door with these streaming services to get your name out there because they will post a lot more opportunities than you know the big film studios and things like that will that will just go straight to the big name casting directors and those big name casting directors will go straight to the a-list stars right um, and of course a lot of that also depends on what kind of budget the project has as well so the, some of the stuff you've been i'm looking through it right now is uh elixir of life uh, beneath the trees, which is that the one that's being pitched to the streaming services? Yes. And that you had, and I also read that there was a pilot done for Safe at Home for TV. So that was in the works, but then um, the guy that is playing so i am at that part for that was actually written specifically for me um through some relationship equity i've developed with that director and um we were getting ready to film it and then the young man that is playing my male lead opposite me he booked a big project that was filming in atlanta and so um I don't I don't know a lot of details about that, but he hasn't been back in Dallas yet. So we are looking to finally get that done somewhere in the first quarter of next year, whenever he makes it back out to Dallas. So when you do you look for certain types of roles or are you open to everything? I'm open to everything, um, but you have to learn when you get into this most actors can do a lot of things, but it's about knowing what your type is like you're based on how you look what you can get away with playing um like you can look at me and i'm not ever going to be cast as a as a junkie somewhere i'm just i'm not and i know that i know i could play that but i'm not ever going to be cast as that and that's okay um so it's kind of like you have to really sit down with yourself or for me i worked with a marketing specialist to help me figure out kind of what my types are and okay. then stick with those so you have very specific avenues for where and how to market yourself that's interesting because i don't know if i would have thought about doing that because basically what you're doing is you're creating your own brand to yes. sell yourself to the studios and to the projects that's interesting so when when you're doing these types of programs and when you're working on these sets are there times that when you're cast for a role you feel that you are miscast i have not had that experience um with things that i've actually booked there have been projects where i've submitted for one character and then they've come back and they've looked at my resume my demo reel all of my headshots and they're like hey we got this we know you submitted for this character but we want you to read for this one and i look back at the character breakdown and it's the complete opposite of anything that i've ever done before and so i'm like okay let's sit down <laughs> with this and see what happens <laughs> Because again, um, it, it goes back to that trust factor of, okay, this is not the first thing I would have seen myself in, but there was clearly something about me in my demo reel, my headshot somewhere that they were like, I want to see if she could get away with playing this. Okay. Is there anything you would not do on film? Oh yeah. I'll never take off my clothes. That's okay. not going to happen. <laughs> 
But other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty laid back and easygoing for the most part. I'll do whatever, but yeah, I'm not going to take off my clothes in front of anybody. And not, not that I am surprised or, or shocked by that, but I, I would think there would be a few more things that you might not uh, be willing to do, be, but I don't know because I don't know what's going on out there right now because I don't know um, what scripts you've read or what scripts are available. Now, do you feel COVID actually helped your career out a little bit more because people are looking for more entertainment? People are looking for more entertainment, but I have also found from my end that when COVID shut everything down, it forced a lot of people that were staying at home to kind of dive back into that creative right brain side of themselves. And that when everything was starting to open back up again, a lot of these people that had dedicated so much time to developing these creative things, whether it was books, TV, movies, you know, even people that went back to painting that had never done it. They are wanting to, from a film standpoint, put this in front of people and have other people see it to get feedback on it. And so I think that when everything was able to open back up, there were a lot more opportunities and there still are a lot more opportunities. Um, so as terrible as COVID has been, I think that Overall, it has somewhat been a good thing for the creative community. Okay. Because I have a friend who's an actress in New York, and she's mm -hmm. actually originally from the United Kingdom, and she came over here. And again, her stuff got shut down. And with that happening, it was, um, it shut her down. And But she found a new career that she could do, and she started doing voiceover work. Yeah. Yeah. You, and I noticed on your resume that you've done some work. Have you looked into doing that? You know, you are not the first person that has asked me that. And I um, worked with Glenn Morshower for like an, a year and a half and as an acting coach in my very first class that I was in, he asked me that same thing because he was like, you just have a very interesting voice. Like I could yes. just listen, I could sit here and listen to you talk all day. And so I do have the one voiceover credit for Elixir of Life because they filmed it like drunk history. So I narrated, oh, really? yeah, I narrated the entire thing. And then I was also cast as the female lead in that as well. So that's where that one credit comes from. I would not be opposed to it, but it is not something that I'm trained in and I don't have a setup for it at home in my house. So like I've got enough equipment here to sit here and just do like, um, if you sent me a voiceover audition, I could do right. that for you and send it to you. But if I actually booked it, unless I had a studio to go to where you were gonna be able to send me, I don't have a setup here in my house like most voiceover actors have to be able to 100% do what you would want me to be doing. What's interesting is she didn't either. And she found a closet and uh, blankets and she put them in the closet, closed the door and she was able to do it until she could have one built. You can also do it in your car too, underneath a blanket because there's no echo effect just to let you know. So again, if it's a possibility, but I, I you're right. Um, your, your, your teacher did say you do have an interesting voice. And oh, with that you. one credit, I think that would be something interesting to do it. Now, I'm, I'm looking at all your, which you got a lot of Photoshop. <laughs> Google your name and there's photos of you everywhere, um, <laughs> which, is, which, is, which is good actually. But is there a certain character that you would like to play? Would you like to play the young mother? Would you like to play the temptress? Would you like to play the boss? What would, what one role do you think you fit in the best? Um, for me, I think the one role that fits best for me is somebody that has quite an authoritative presence. Um, I've noticed that especially here in the Dallas community, that tends to be what what I get a lot of callbacks for. And um, in fact, the thing that's out being pitched, my character is very authoritative, but um, which is interesting that that's a, a past life. I used to be very authoritative and a lot of that comes from having to have been authoritative in a classroom. Right. But I think I've kind of been able to relax off of that 
a little bit, but it is something that's easy for me to revert back to for the sake of a character. So I don't have a problem playing those. I could easily do a young mom, but the the projects that I'm really passionate about doing are not necessarily one specific character, but I would very much, uh, kind of my ultimate goals are to be have speaking parts in a Hallmark Christmas movie and also do something for British television, um, specifically a drama series that's a period piece. Why British television? I listen. I have been obsessed with British people since the Spice Girls were a thing. And I just, I kid you not, when Spice World came out, that was a terrible movie. But I yes. couldn't get enough of it just because I wanted to sit there and listen to them talk. So that was kind of my first experience with even listening to them speak. But um, then when I was in college, I did a two week study abroad program for Gothic and Victorian literature and just London is my favorite city in the whole world. I would go back there like when I got back home, I was trying to figure out how I could immediately move back over there and just be like, see ya. Um, but I find that like, especially when I'm scrolling through Netflix, because they seem to have a lot more readily accessible things that are filmed in the UK, is that those are the things you're most likely to find on my watch list. I've always been really intrigued by history. So the fact that it would be a period piece is one thing. But then also just being able to be a part of recreating the history and putting it in front of you and saying, hey, this is what happened. Um, I just think that would be so much fun. And then I just I think I would feel so in my element getting to be one of these people that I'm so drawn to and always have been since I was very young. Um, do you... Do you focus more drama, comedy when you when you apply or when you audition for roles? So it really depends on the role because I do get both. And I used to think of myself as being somebody that very easily was a dramatic actor. But as I've been in my classes and a lot of these classes are taught by professional actors, mm -hmm. they... Um, I they have also used the same word and the word that they have used is quirky. So they're like your bread and butter is going to be on on a sitcom if you can get it. And they're like, don't take that as a bad thing. It doesn't mean you can't do other things. It just means that's probably where you're going to get your foot in the door. Because I also don't think of myself as a very funny person. Like I'm witty and I am I can really deliver some dry humor, um, but I don't consider myself to be a funny person. So I just okay. always thought it was odd that of all things, because I never thought of myself that way, that I have all of these professional working actors saying, yeah, you would be a great comedy actor. You have great comedic timing. And I'm just like, okay, well, if that's what's going to get my foot in the door, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. So what about commercials? Have you looked into doing that? I have, but if I'm being completely honest with you, I can get audition requests for commercials and I've done a few commercials, but I don't, I don't book them as much as I do film and television things. Um, because I, I often feel like, first of all, I don't have a lot of training doing commercials because I know that's not what I want to be doing long-term, but I also feel like commercials require a very pushed kind of acting and yeah it still looks natural when you're watching it on tv but i just have a hard time when i'm doing the auditions to really like just get this big smile plastered on my face and be like yeah let's get really excited yeah. about toothpaste yeah uh so as you're and again because we just talked about the streaming services is your goal still TV or film or would streaming service fill that need because of the way we've seen those change within the last few years? I mean, we've had, we had a program that came down from Canada called Chits Creek that no one heard of that won all these awards during the, uh, the, the uh, Emmys and no one knew what it was. Um, sorry. I, I think, you know, in fact, I find myself more being drawn to things that are produced by some of these streaming services. Okay. I, 
I think I would be happy either way because for me, as long as I was doing something bigger than what I'm doing now and just kind of being in front of people, I um, I think I would be fine whether it was on actual cable network okay. or on a streaming service or on a streaming service on a streaming services. Come on, you teach English. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I, won't, I won't grade you. Don't worry about it. Um, it I I honestly think I would be fine either way because I've found that some of those bigger shows that are on those streaming services get just as much traction as the ones that do on network television, especially because I don't know about you, but like, I don't even have cable in my house. I only have streaming services. And the thing is, is even those big networks, they're slowly but surely all moving to having streaming services because you even look at something like peacock which is all of the mp nbc shows and now they even have stuff that is exclusively just on peacock it's not even on tv that has big actors in it and i mean people want to watch it so i i really think that the streaming services are opening up a lot of other doors um that weren't there before also um, cause another one I'm thinking of is, uh, the marvelous Miss Maisel, which no one knew who any of those people were Yeah. other than Tony Shalhoub and, um, the, who plays his wife, who was on, um, two and a half men, but it's, it's like they got, they got their traction and now everybody's just waiting for the fourth season to come out in February because COVID delayed it and everything else. So would you be happy with that? Would you be happy with a one-year run, two-year run, three-year run just to get started so people know who you are? Yeah, I think if if the show felt like something that I could get value out of, then very much so. I mean, I feel like everybody goes into it saying something like, oh yeah, it'd be great if you could get on a show like Friends that was running for 10 seasons or The Office that was running for nine. And that's all well and good. But even when those actors got signed on those big shows, they had no idea they would be running for that long. And I mean, um, yes, if you're getting your foot in the door, to me, if you are a part of any project that lights your fire and is really making you a embrace your passion and get behind it and use it that it's worth it regardless of if you only fill film the pilot to get pushed out during pilot season or whether you wind up with a whole five-year contract right so do you wish you would have started your acting career earlier in your life i used to but i've found slash learned that um we are all in the exact place that we need to be so i think that if if I had started it sooner, I don't think my situation would be as positive okay. as it is right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's always, I feel like all of us at some point or another, whether it's acting or whether it's even something mm-hmm. small um, to sit there and say, man, I wish I had started this a few years ago. Um, but I mean, the fact of the matter is by having those extra years that I didn't start it, I bring a whole new experience to the table that somebody else doesn't because that's what it is, is your experience. Like what have you done in your life that makes you relatable to not only relatable to the character, but makes you be able to be that character Um, because the way we could be the same age and my life experience is going to be different than yours. Right. And we could do the exact same audition, give two different performances and only one of us is going to book it and we can be complete opposite of each other. Right. Cause earlier today, actually right before I, I started talking to you, I spoke to a very successful child actor on the phone and he was a, a successful child actor during the sixties and early seventies. He was on a big sitcom for, 10, 11 years. It was popular. He was on it. And I asked him if he felt the program because of that stifled his career because he was typecast because he always played the clean cut, good American boy. He was never looking at that. So when he tried to audition for other parts, it was very difficult for him to break that mold. And instead of going in front of the camera, he then went behind the camera and he's writing and producing are you afraid of being typecast in a, in a, in a, a standard or set role? Um, 
yes and no um i would hate for it to happen like to just be one specific person like for instance um you know i think i think lisa kudrow is a great actress and i feel like ever since she was phoebe on friends she tends to only be cast as those kind of roles of being the airheady kind of person that doesn't really know what's going on and so in that sense no but i also think that there are people that can break away from it and the only specific example i can think of is you know early in julia roberts career she was doing a lot of rom-coms and now she's able to to do more dramatic things as as she's gotten older and so i think it's kind of um finding a way to work in both parts to prove your value with where you're at and where you want to be and and then making people see that if the opportunity came and you did get cast for a sitcom or whatever, but you would have to move to Los Angeles, would you do it? Would you make the move? Oh, definitely. Would your husband go with you? Yes. <laughs> We've actually had that conversation. Um, because I, I, it's a, it's a different world from what I understand. And yeah. you being where you are, then going somewhere totally different. Are you willing to pick up the life you have there to go somewhere else? Yes. Which is which is very interesting. Now, the other one, too, is and I've, I've talked to these people before that never played the same character twice, but they were character actors who were on multiple sitcoms, multiple drama sh- programs, multiple crime programs. Could you see yourself doing that? Um, or would you rather just play one character for a period of time? I think I would rather just play one character for a period of time. Okay. Like I wouldn't have a problem doing sitcoms. I wouldn't have a problem doing crime dramas, all of that stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know that I would want to do it over and over and over again. Which is a great answer. It's an honest answer. So you also said earlier that you mentioned to me that you are working on a part right now that you start tomorrow, but not only are you doing it, your 18 month old daughter is going to be a part of it. Yes, yes, it will be her um, film debut. Actually, <laughs> it is, it's for a film competition that's here in the Dallas Fort Worth area called Rack Focus. And um, she is being a baby. I don't want to say too much about it because I don't want to get them in trouble. But um, yeah, I'm really excited for her. <laughs> <laughs> that's called being very vague. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, and trust me, I've talked to many people that are in the acting field that uh, do that. I'm, I'm waiting for them to make a mistake and drop something, but no, they don't do it. <laughs> they always know when to stop. Uh, these small independent films that you're doing for these competitions, is there going to be a point where you say, if you don't make it big, that you're going to say, hey, I'm going to stop. I'm going to go back into teaching because this isn't working out the way I want it to. Are you just going to keep doing it? I'm just going to keep doing it because to me, it's, I, I'm educated enough to go back to teaching if, if I need to, if I want to stay, however you want to phrase it. Um, but I think if you are truly passionate about something and you are willing to put in the work that it is going to come back to you. And I put in the work, I make the connections and I don't, I don't just make the connections on a superficial standpoint. Like if I meet you and I feel like what you're telling me is genuine and you want to use me eventually, like I'm going to continue to nurture that relationship so that we can make something happen. And, um, yeah so of all the stuff you've done so far what was your favorite role Ooh, that's a hard one i have a lot of favorites but i i I think probably my favorite one was um in a student film actually called la furia i think uh the fury is how it is on my resume but I got to play a frontiers woman and I got to handle an old school shotgun. And I was just like this really tough, very confident woman protecting my land from these two people that were clearly there to, to do me some harm and just getting to 
play a woman that was just awesome from the inside out, knew exactly who she was, 100% confident. She knows what she's going to let somebody get away with and what she's not going to get away with. And she's also not going to sit there and let you think she's stupid. Um, that was that was really fun. What role did you dislike the most? Um, I don't think I've had a role that I've disliked. For me, the things that I've disliked were the extra work that I did early in my career, um, which was really for me to one, get some credits on my resume and two, to um, see what it was like to be on a big set, see what a big production looked like, see how all of that looked in action, see what the um, professional A and B list actors did, how they interacted with everybody. And so it was more of a learning experience, but any kind of extra work, it sucks because you are just there for long hours. They put you in a giant room. There's not always enough seating. You never know if there's going to be food or drinks or if you're going to be near a bathroom. And also like one project that I did, part of it was filmed outside and we and it was during the winter and we had to be dressed like we were in the summertime. And we didn't know until we got there that where holding was was also outside so Ooh. we were literally outside all day even in holding and they brought heaters and stuff out there but it was like okay yeah. <laughs> it's like having an air conditioner outside yeah um, what that's interesting because where i'm at i'm located outside the city of pittsburgh and i know a individual who is a hairdresser who works on the sets here in Pittsburgh when they come in and they they've explained these things where they come in and they deal with extras and the extras. And I'm not saying you, I'm just saying some of them that think they know more than the people that are telling them what they need to look like. And she said she had one individual, they did her hair in a period piece and she ripped it out and said, no, this is the way you're going to wear it. And the hairdresser said, uh, okay. And they went and got the uh, director. The director said, no, you're going to put it back or you're going to leave. Because these people, there's some people out there who are doing it and thinking this is a career being an extra, unlike you, who knows that it's hard work because you are being tortured, basically, to have your three seconds in a film or whatever it may be. And yeah, so it was, She let's just say that was a rude awakening to her. Now, she is still doing it, but she said the woman was really a piece of work so i believe it i've never seen anything like that in fact the only thing even remotely close to that is i was doing some extra work on cruel summer and they um that got put on hold for a while because of covid so when everything was able to go back into production um the first episode that i was in they had us housed in a church and they were driving us over to the house location where they were filming in dallas it was like a block away from our holding and there was this husband and wife there and um because of covid rules they kept getting in trouble because the pas that were babysitting the extras um kept having to tell them they have to stay six feet apart they're like oh well we're married and they're like it doesn't matter the rules on set say everybody has to stay six feet apart you have to follow this rule that rule they um finally got so tired of hearing it both of them just packed their stuff up and they just left because they were like, we're married, we're not going to sit six feet apart from each other, we're tired of being told this, so we're out. That's interesting, because I would figure if you wanted it bad enough, you would put yourself through it, but I guess they didn't want it bad enough. Yeah. So do you rather do film and TV or stage performances? Oh, hands down, film and TV. I like the stage, and I enjoy being on theater, and being a part of theater and film and TV, they're two entirely different situations. So I have different appreciations for both of them, but my heart lies with film and TV. I would much rather be on camera. Interesting because I know, like I said, my son deals in live theater and he loves the, the, uh, the spontaneity that happens. And he was yeah. just in a production recently for five days where it's supposed to snow on set and they had a mistake. And instead of having a light snowfall, they had an avalanche, which was <gasps> quite interesting. And the thing is, he was the lead and he, he was playing Buddy the Elf and Elf. 
and he was the lead. he handled it beautifully and actually some people thought it was part of the whole idea of christmas spirit but anyhow but that's why i was just wondering if you if you, that spontaneity you would rather work with but because you rather do tv and film you're doing the start and stop all the time yeah yeah and, and that's okay with me <laughs> and they give you the opportunity to correct any mistakes that they feel that you may have made which is again it's it's, it's, a, it's another type of work and it takes a special person to be able to do that because yeah. i know there's some out there that just have to go through everything they've rehearsed they've done the role this is the way they're going to do it they've gotten approval they were anyway anyway and then they go to tv and they have such a difficult time transitioning because it's so start and stop yeah so, that's interesting so some of the stuff you've been where can people see this um, well, right now, a lot of it is in the film festival circuit or it is in post-production. I know that, um, for the film I wrapped last weekend and or I'm sorry that I wrapped on Tuesday and then the short film that I'm wrapping this weekend, um, those will both be available. I think they have to have those submitted by January 9th, but then, um, they'll have like a red carpet event for everybody to come and see all of the short films that have been submitted for the festival and see who wins and all of that fun stuff. There is one project that was released at the end of September at a women's film festival in Beverly Hills that was called Not Nothing, um, written and starring Suzanne Schmidt. And it was directed by Kareth Lemon and it turned out beautifully. So I was so happy for Suzanne. And I wrapped at the end of August my first feature film. I had a supporting role in that. So that will be um, on the film festival circuit next year. And then other than that, as I mentioned earlier, I have a trailer out being pitched right now uh, to hopefully get picked up as well. So here's to hopefully. So, <laughs> so I understand with the film circuit stuff, a lot of that stuff cannot be seen publicly until it goes through the circuit. Because Correct. if you share it anywhere online, you disqualify yourself. Yes. Which I find very odd, but I understand where they're coming from because they want it to be new. So again, just very interesting. And, and your enthusiasm for what you want to do and being able to do it is actually intoxicating because it's so nice to hear someone that's actually excited about a career that they want to do and they want to pursue for a long time, which is really yeah. nice. Yeah, it brings me a lot of joy. And the one, one person I didn't ask you about how does your husband feel about you doing this? He's very supportive. A lot of times he doesn't completely understand what's going on. He doesn't know a lot of the terminology. Since I've been doing it for five years, he understands a little bit more. But like, I'll book something and then I'll get a call sheet and it still hasn't quite clicked to him that a lot of times we get call sheets the day before we're due on set. And then he's like, well, why, why didn't you know about this before time? Right. And I'll be like, Christopher, how long have we been doing yeah. this? You know how this works. <laughs> so has he ever been on set with you before? He has not been on set with me, but he is actually off work tomorrow. And I told him that um, Belle, that's our daughter, uh, Belle has to be on set tomorrow at 11 o'clock. So I was like, do you want to come see her, see her <laughs> in her first movie? And he was like, yeah. So he'll finally get to come. And even though I'm my part of that film is not filming till Saturday, only she is needed tomorrow um, for location purposes. But um, tomorrow will be the first time he's going to be on set. But so are you gonna, it'll, it'll are you work gonna out. In, because are you going to turn into a way. traditional uh, stage mom? Um, I don't think so. Kind of the the thing that I decided with it was that I I wanted to get her in it early so that she could establish herself because it will be a lot easier for her to one day say, Hey mom, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. Um, then it will be for her to one day say, Hey mom, I want to do what you do and then try to get her right. in it. Um, because I don't, I would not ever want her to feel also like she needs or has to do it just because it's something that I want for her. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, she's 18 months right now, so she she doesn't care. She's like, oh, a camera, let me just smile for it. <laughs> but, you know, I'm aware that it, at some point she'll have her own personality and her own right. interests and things like that. And it may be the complete opposite of mine. And that's 100% okay. But I just wanted to feel like, 
as as a performer and as her mom that I wanted to do my due diligence so that if she ever did want to be a performer, that that avenue would already be open for her. And then the last question I have for you, because of some of the roles you've had, has your husband ever gotten jealous? Um, there was one time I was in the process of filming a um, pilot for an episodic thing that one, we never even finished filming the pilot for and two, like stopped kind of hearing from the director altogether. And then, um, I don't know, I guess he recast the whole thing because I've recently seen something come up on Facebook about it, but it was fine. And it was actually the only role where I've had to kiss somebody else. And it wasn't even like a passionate kiss or anything like right. that. It was a, a peck on the lips. And, um, so I obviously told him and he was like, well, and it, fortunately enough, the guy it was, was a guy that was in my acting in one of my acting classes. So we knew each other and he was like, um, well, you're not attracted to this guy, are you? And I said, no, he's in my acting class and he's also married and has a child like you're safe. And, um, because that uh, that fellow actor and I are are actually still really good friends to this uh -huh. day. But there's there is nothing remotely like that there now and there wasn't then. He was like, okay, but it's kind of um, it's kind of one of those things because he's told me this. He was like, if you ever did get one of those roles, like tell me about it. But after it happens, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> like okay, okay, that, that makes sense. That. Okay. <laughs> Well, Ashley, thank you very much for joining me today. It was a total pleasure and I wish you all the luck. And when you do finally make it big, please let me know and come back so we can talk to you and, and tell you how wonderful you are after we watch you. Yes, I would love that. That's great. So Ashley, again, thank you very much. Good luck tomorrow. Good thank luck you. to your daughter. And uh, again, success in the future and you have a great day. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye. A big thank you to Ashley Lawson for joining us today. It was a true pleasure and uh, we wish her all the luck in her career and, and hopefully she gets that big break and hits that movie or sitcom or whatever she wants to do. Because again, it was a pleasure to talk to someone so excited about the career that they've chosen. We've talked to many actors and actresses on this program from Diane Franklin, Katie Conscious, Anna Vaccino, Dina Martin, Donna Lauren, Fabian, who all of them are behind me right now. And it's really great to talk to someone starting out early in their career because we've talked to many actors and actresses that are on different stages. And again, it's so nice to talk to someone just starting out. And earlier in the interview, I made a comment about a child star that I was talking to earlier today. And I was, I was talking to Stanley Livingston. Who's that, you may ask? You know him better as Chip Douglas from My Three Sons. Well, he's going to be on this program on January 3rd. We're going to be talking to him about his days on My Three Sons and working with Fred McMurray and uh, Walter uh, William Frawley. I'll get it right. And William Demarest and Don Grady and his brother, um, Barry Livingston, which again is going to be so great to be able to have him on the program. And as I told him on the phone today, it was so neat watching him and then actually finally getting to talk to him. So he's going to be on the program on January 3rd. Hard to believe it's going to be 2022. And then next week on Tuesday, I have a singing group that's going to be joining us called the, uh, Puccini sisters who are from the United Kingdom and they have a new Christmas album out album out. We're going to be sharing that with you next week because again, it's the holiday season, right? Anyhow, you guys have a great one. Thank you very much for joining me. And we'll talk to you next time here on one-on-one -on -One with Bill Alexander. Thank you for listening to one-on-one -on -One with Bill Alexander. One-on-one -on -One with Bill Alexander is a million dollar baby production. For more information, go to BillAlexander.net.